you named it Church of the Harvest. And when you name something, you bless it. I thank you for the souls that have been saved here. And Lord, right now, I thank you for if there be any prodigals that have left this ministry. I pray to God that they will come to themselves and that they will return. And if there be any elder brothers in this ministry, Father, that you would deal with them to receive with open arms those of you you're bringing back. Give hope, Father, to the parents that have prodigal children in their own lives. Give them hope today, Lord, no matter if they haven't heard or it looks hopeless. Give them hope in you, O oh God, that when they won't hear them, that you're sending labors to the harvest. God, if there be any here today that, Lord, we've all been guilty of it, that have the mass and everything as well, but they know they've lost that joy, that first love. Like the woman with the lost coin. Give them the tenacity and the conviction today to clean their own house. That, Father, they don't need another word. They need to repent. Father, they need to search and find that. And then they'll come in here, the very thing that they've been afraid of getting a word to be exposed. Father, they'll be the one to come in and say, hey, something was lost, but I found it. Yes. And Lord, help us, Father God, as ministers, not to be so mindful of, Father, always going after those that, Father, know what to do. But help us to go after the little lamb. Yes, yes. To be the good shepherds, the good ministers, to go after those. Yes. I thank you that you will bless your word today, Lord. It will not go and not return, Father God. It will not return void. But it shall accomplish that which you sent it to do. And I thank you that the bones are already rattling, Father. I thank you, Father, that you chose me to deliver it. Anoint me, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I turn your battles to Ezekiel 37. Amen. I'm just going to give you a quick version. Uh, it doesn't make me any more saved, any more special, anything else, because the greatest miracle that will ever happen in your life is salvation. Amen. I mean, that is the ultimate miracle. That is something that the angels still look down. And they think they still don't get it. That God sent his son down there. He walked among men. He took, come on, the body of man. He lived among them. And he died for them. And when he died, he did not even say, you will serve. He said, I don't want them to be made to love me. That's bondage. I'm going to give them a choice. Now that is awesome love. Glory to God. He said, because if I made them, he said, then I'm just no more than a slave. They're slaves to me. Right. But he gives us a choice. That's awesome. Come on, that, that is just that, an amen. awesome thing. Yes, and that's why when he deals with you in love, he allows you to choose to serve him, to choose him as your Savior. But my story begins real quickly, and I'm going to try to make this quickly. When I was... Um, my parents lived in Alabama. They got transferred to Florida uh, by dad's job. And my mom was in her 30s, and she had two children. And she started going through health problems when she went down there. They thought it was depression from leaving her family. And she was losing a lot of weight. And they sent her to all kinds of different doctors. And they finally uh, figured out it was her thyroid. This was in uh, 1961. And at that time, they didn't know <clears throat> excuse me, everything they know now. So they finally uh, said that they needed to kill her thyroid and give her medication the rest of her life. And so they gave her a long list of things that she needed to consider before she went through this procedure. Number one was that she shouldn't have any more children. Well, she had a 12-year-old son and a 5-year-old daughter, so they really weren't looking to have any more children. And so they started having the surgery, I mean the radiation and the overdoses of uh, thyroid medication. Shortly afterwards, she started having the symptoms that she did when she was pregnant with my brother and sister. And she told the doctors, and they told her, said, we just think it's your hormones and your body just reacting to the medication and the radiation. And they continued, and it wasn't until my mother felt me move that the doctors checked and confirmed that she was pregnant. And that time, you didn't hear the word abortion or miscarriage like you do today. They sat down, they were good doctors, very apologetic to my parents. They said, we need to terminate this pregnancy now. And I want to tell you something, I thank God for my mom. Amen. My mom never graduated high school. She's 93, <coughs> still blessed with her. <laughs> but my mom will tell you, she wasn't even a Christian at that time. But she said she heard a voice, said, don't let her take the baby. 
the doctor came in and she said, I don't know why, but something just said you can't take the baby. Wow. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. How many times has God had somebody speak on your behalf? Or my behalf that we don't even know of. The doctor said if you're worried about what people will think. Or that, we, you know, this, this is something you need to think of. Your life is in harm's way. You have two children, a husband. Uh, this is a medical procedure. My mom, bless her, she may have been called to be an evangelist. She said, I can't help it. I just know what I heard. <laughs> they told her, they said, well, if the baby lives, they give her all these side effects and all this stuff. But my mom stood her ground. And I was born December 12th. And one day I told her I could be born with uh, limbs and grown laces. I could be a vegetable. Uh, I, just all kind of just hideous birth defects. But I had a unique, I choose to call that birth defect, that all the radiation went to my mouth and I had a tongue that hung down past my chin. And it was double in length, twice as wide, twice as long, twice as thick. I had a gorder with this gladness and my eyes were like Graves' disease where it looks like they can't close. The doctors thought I wouldn't get enough oxygen and I would die. That wouldn't he let my mom or dad see me that night. And I had to tell this part. So they just put me in the, the nursery and waited to see what happened. Meanwhile, I got a little woman across town by the name of Pearl Whitfield. My family did not even know her. A little old widow woman at Assemblies of God Church. We were Southern Baptists. Thank God we were Southern Baptists. That's what we were. <laughs> Burr Whitfield worked at the hospital. She was a nurse. She gets a call. We need you to come in. We're shorthanded. Steps of the righteous ordered by the Lord. She goes in. Pearl is called in to be on labor delivery. She didn't even work there. But her name appeared on the list. They didn't have computers back then. They said, you got two hands, two feet. We can use you. She got there. They told her my situation. And the Holy Spirit said, Pearl, I brought you here. I need you to stand in the gap with this baby. See, your testimony doesn't just happen at the result. The dots leading up to it are phenomenal. Come on, if you ever know all the backstory, it'd blow your mind. Pearl goes in there, sees the situation, she's overwhelmed. So she calls the prayer line of these little women at the Assemblies of God Church, little church. And she thinks she's done her, her deed for the Lord. The Lord said, that's good, but Pearl, I want you to lay hands on that baby and pray. Pearl's like, whoa, 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 God. <laughs> I've never had any children of my own. I'm not, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a pastor. I just, I just bake cakes for the sick people. I send a card every now and then. Back then, I know some of y'all can't relate, but some of you can. Back then, in the... Uh, they didn't have a worship team, and the choir was everybody who wants to spend a choir go forward. Everybody in the congregation went to the platform for two people. Come on. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, she, she's like, I, I, I'm not ordained. You know, I can't do that. I'm a woman. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit said, Pearl, I know you're not that, but I said, believers. Shall lay their yes. hands upon the sick, yes. and the sick shall be healed. Her yes. mind knew all that when I called you here. She said she went in there and she thought, God, I don't even know what to say, but the Bible says, Take no thought what you'll say in that hour. I'll put my words in your mouth. She went in there, she said she was so intimidated by the circumstances because my breathing was labored. And the Lord brought one thing to her mind. It's my story. I get excited. Y'all said that <laughs> She said she laid her hand on my chest. And she said, baby, in the name of Jesus, you're going to live and not die. Come on. Yes. But yes. declare the word of the Lord. Oh, yeah. Now, let me tell you what the Lord, now, this, this is good. The Lord doesn't just speak to your problem. But he prophesies to your future. Oh, yes. yeah. I'm going to bring you out of Egypt yeah. to take you in to the promised land. Yeah. I'm going to heal you and make you whole. Yeah. I'm going to yes. restore you and redeem the years. Come out. He's leaving out. He's going to give back what we're stolen. Yes. He's going to see, come on, that you have a hope for the future. Yes. Yes. I wake up, wake up, wake up. Yes. 
in the seat. Right. That's we're not supposed to be dead. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> they took me home. There's a whole gamut of things I could go through, but it, God is true to His word. Yes, the he week is. before I turned 18, I was going through a life of having teeth pulled, talking about this, what, um, all kinds of things. I had no hope, no future. But God <coughs> sent different people in my life. I went to a little, little bitty prayer meeting. I came out like this. And I don't think I'm long winded. Some of y'all just over here. So. <laughs> Amen. Can you shout? Come on. Stupid! Come on! 
to change it. My pole dryer with the converter wings. <laughs> I mean, you know, ugly is in over there. You know? I mean, you can dress cool, that's it. It is hot. And you go minister hot before you preach. And then people will sit all day and worship. And I mean, they will dance with all their might. And you don't come up and say, I think I have a demon. They bring them in chains. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Come on, I mean, you're thinking, I don't need discernment. That one is as full as a tech. Come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. You, you know. You have witch doctors. Come on. Beat the drums, cursing you. I mean, you are there. You're there. <laughs> and God said, I'm not going to send you to them because they would receive you. They will come to the altar. They are so hungry. And you would think that would be where you wouldn't want to go. He said, no, I'm sending you to church folk. <laughs> That's what he told me, see? He said, because they won't listen. And I'm not trying to be mean, because sometimes we think, oh, I've heard that story before. Oh, I, I know that passage. Oh, I've done that series three times. I taught that series. Because we become too familiar with the Word. We become too familiar with our worship services. Before we even go to church, we have good intentions, but we already have in our mind where we're going to go, where we're going to eat, and what we're going to do. And we mean well, we love God, but we get into a routine. When you first get saved, when you first get set free, you can't even say the name of Jesus and Truly, without even your lip quivering, because you—it's so fresh, yes. and you Lord were in that God. pit. You can still smell yeah. the fire. Come on, yeah. and you can still feel. Come on, the prison sheets. Come on, yeah. and you yeah. still have the taste in your mouth, or still, still smell the smoke. Come on, and and you'll say, "No, not me. I will never lose it." And good intentions—it's like buying a new car. Nobody's going to drink in this car. Nobody's going to eat this car. But something happens over time, and it happens in our church and with our worship yes, yes. and y'all that's why the word says I feel not I feel yes. you have to choose yes. and it is a fight and your yes. mind is a thermostat and you have to set it nobody else can follow you around and say read your bible you choose to do it and you can't get mad I can't be your personal conviction you have to choose it Whatever they're guilty of, 
Even you're innocent of it, I'm going to hold you guilty of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I love you, but I'm doing the best I can with my life. I can't take your sins on you. And do that. He said, you're even going to go before leadership high up, and you're going to dig a hole in the wall, and you're going to find some things they thought were hidden. That's scary. So Ezekiel didn't have an easy road. Then God had him sit by the river of Shabar for seven days and said, you can't preach. I want you to just sit and observe what's going on. I want to put compassion in you. Because when you have that kind of ministry, if you're not easy, you'll get bitter. Come on, and you'll get angry. And then you're going to preach out of your emotions. But you have to have compassion. And you have to go back and remember these people are going to stand one day and cast their crowns down. And they're going to say you're worthy of it all. And you're going to think it's so sad that they didn't know this. And you, and you, if you don't have compassion, your ministry is unaffected. Amen. So he said, Lord, send me. So you think after all you've been through? You can't help but think somewhere in his mind he thought, God, one day we're going to look like this. One day, God, just one day, <laughs> whoop. Let me take the elevator off the ground floor. No, I don't have to go to New York. I don't have to have a, a big place. Can I just have a tiny house? <laughs> one room, me and a dog. I'm fine. So the hand of the Lord came upon him. And don't you know he thought, this is it. This is it. And the Lord sent him down in the valley. And it's full of thoughts. I'm just being honest with you. This is not a gloom of doom. Sometimes when God leads you somewhere, your human side of you thinks, what did I do to make God think? Did I miss it? Because when God gives you your vision, and gives you your calling, all things immediately go to your mind. Let's be honest, when God gives you a word that he's going to bring you out of poverty, your mind automatically goes to somebody who's got money. They're going to do it. God won't do that. God will work in the most unlikely way possible. Because he's the way maker. Come on, don't, don't put your dependence on man. That's right. So you begin to already get this scenario in your mind how God's going to do it. That's right. So you keep looking for them to do it, and you think, be obedient. They are not obeying God. I have no, and you're just circling around them like, come on, just right the camera. Hey, hey. I'm making myself available. Hey. And they're looking at you like, it's their problem. Because they're not supposed to do it. And so then you set yourself up for disappointment. When you're not, because you worked it up in your mind, that's how God's going to do it. That's right. Is this making sense? Yes. Is this good? It is. And so then we got a church full of depressed people. And God said, that's why I don't tell you everybody. Because you get it all worked up. Come on, I'm going to do a work in your day you know not of. That's right. So just trust me. I'm keeping you in the dark so you don't mess it up. Ignorance is bliss. Just trust Trust Because some of you worry about everything. If God told you he's going to give you a car, well, how am I going to get insurance? How am I going to get gas? What color is it going to be? What am I going to do? Well, some people just are called to worry. Yes. <laughs> so when I go give you a car, well, I need a car. <laughs> so here he's in this valley of bones. Work within your mind. Everywhere he looks. It's dead bones. I'm not talking about a few scattered. I'm talking if you can visualize it. Something catastrophic happened in Cleveland. And everybody was dead. Wow. Every dog, every cow, every cat, everything. Everywhere you looked were bones. Not even skeletons. I'm talking about everywhere in Cleveland. Everywhere you looked, everything was gone. Overnight, bones. Everywhere you looked, bones, bones, bones. Scattered. And you were here alone. And God had you alone. Imagine it. Everywhere you look, Keith Street, 
Come on, everywhere you look, just bones, 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 bones. You don't know if it's children. You don't know if it's elderly. You don't know if it's family. Just bones. And you're looking and you're, you don't know whether to cry or be angry or afraid. And God pushes you instead of walking on them. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. And you think it can't get any worse. And then you get over there by the college and there's just more bones. And the hospital's just piled up. And it's just bones. Come on, I'm trying to tell you, you have to visualize everywhere you look, the interstate, everywhere you look at bones. Jesus, come on. Praise the name of the Lord. Walk the streets. <coughs> you keep walking and walking. You've got to keep walking. And can I tell you, sometimes in your life that's how you feel. Yeah. It's walking. You feel like your kids. You're thinking, where did I fail as a parent? It looks like the relationship's too far gone. And now you've got grandkids that are doing things you never thought anybody in your family would do. And you think, I, I raised the kids in church. I, I dedicated them to the Lord. What happened overnight? And then you think, you, you want to get mad and you want to blame who they married and, and their family brought in sins. And, and then you want to blame the church. Going, you want to blame the pastor. You want to blame who you married. You want to, you want to blame this. But it doesn't matter now who you blame. Come on. That's right. And then you want to say, if I could go back. And some of you right now are in your own valley. Your health, your finances, spiritually. Come on. You feel everywhere in your life, it's too late. Come on, sister. Hallelujah. It's too late. You're disconnected. It's not even a skeleton. It's not a, you're not even connected anymore. Come on. At least the skeleton had some kind of semblance of what it used to be like. You can't find any semblance of what your life used to be. I, I, I know in my own life, I just turned 60. You have to fight something in your life because things are changing. Come on. And change is good. But things don't look familiar anymore. And you lose a parent. And your siblings are getting older. And you have to fight. Not being needed. Come on. And the church is changing. And you, you have to fight feelings. Come on. The structure. Where do I fit in? You have to fight these things. Where's my ministry going to fit in with the new church? Come on. There's all kinds of things. That's right. It's everywhere you walk. Everywhere you walk. Everywhere. Yes. You're thinking, God, why am I here? Can we be honest, God, why am I here? And then God speaks to me. And God says, son of man, you're like, yes. Yes. Because you just wanted to speak. Because you've been around death and dry bones. Right. Yes, Lord. Right. Come on. Can we leave now, Lord? Right. Beat me up, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> he says, can these bones live? And I can be honest with you, you're like, what? Right. Yeah, right. Come again. Come on. Can they live? Now maybe you're more spiritual than me. And I'll have you lay hands on me. Because I'm thinking, I was trying to think of a fundraiser to get a bulldozer in here to cover this mess. <laughs> so we could sell this property and unload it and get out of here. <laughs> live! And then we have these hyper... <laughs> Intercessors, come on. That's somewhere I need my compassion back. Jesus. Come on. Sister, can we just go sell property? We just go sell the property and we just go sell them. I'm like, listen to me. They're dead. <laughs> They're dry. Try to 
you know, you ever been in a dry, dry place? I could get my emotions and try to work it up and say, and the word of the Lord duh, came to me and he said to me, Pastor Ron, duh, oh, the Lord speaks to me. Duh. And he said to me, John, that's what he calls me, John. He said, John, can the gold live? That's what he asked me. He said, can the gold live? Can what live? The bones. Ah, somebody help me out of this place. I said, somebody. Somebody, 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 somebody. Yeah. 
right. Yeah. That's right. Because the word. The word. Yes. Oh, you want to name and claim it? Okay, so if I was a name and a claim it, I'd be a size six. <laughs> <laughs> Mercy. I'm an evangelist. 
you came to me a problem, I will listen to you and have compassion. I love you. I pray with you. But if you came next week and you didn't do what we talked about and you started with the same story, I'd say, bye. <laughs> the only thing I like reruns is Andy Griffith show. You've <laughs> 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 got two options. Do you want me back or do you want me never come back? <laughs> Discipline. It is discipline to be a disciple. God said, I 
I love you. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Come on. He put the foundation of the earth. Come on. God said, I've got to put some structure in you. And he said, behold, I saw a great army. But they were still dead. See, that's why we have to be careful. Because we're like, look, 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 man, woman, child. <coughs> That's where we want to stop. And I don't go along. I've got to go turn 50 Because we want to stop midway. Look. Look, look, look. We got people. We got people. Come on, look. Men and women. Look. Look, Cleveland. Come on. We got men, women, children up. We don't stop there. They're still dead. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He come to heal you, but to make you whole. Yes. Don't just stop when the symptoms are touched. Don't just stop when God brings you out of prison. Don't just stop when God breaks the addiction. Don't just stop, come on, when God brings you a companion. Don't just stop when God pays your power bill. Don't just stop when you get the Holy Ghost to say, don't just stop. That's the beginning. Mm -mm. Don't just stop there. That's like somebody giving you a raised garden in the dirt in the sea. Don't stop. That's right. Because they're still dead. It's like a rose that's been cut. It can still bloom, but it's dead. You got to go to the next thing. I have to take this, okay? I have to take this. You all okay with me taking this? Yeah. I'll hurry. I'll hurry, okay? My mom always told me that a chiropractor was a witch doctor. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Mama said it, I believe it. Chiropractor witch doctor. <laughs> and I was in my early twenties and I worked at a bank. I was pretty good. And I hurt my back. And I went to work and everybody said, You need to go to a chiropractor. And I'm like, nay, nay. Mama said witch doctor. But I got hurting so badly by lunch, I said, You think you can call that chiropractor? So they called and they worked me in. And I listened. Under the anointing, like 45 with my bullet. Out the anointing, I am a scaredy cat, okay? They don't want me in the army because I would say, Big White House, D.C., can't miss it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Just tell it. I love my country, but you do not want me. Come on, just tell me, I'm a coward. If they can't shoot in here, I'd lay down and put your blood on me like I'm dead. <laughs> He said, you're not paralyzed. I said, yes, I am, and that's broke. <laughs> <laughs> broke. 
Well, you feel that? Uh huh. You feel that? Uh huh. You feel that? Uh huh. Going all the way up. He said, "You're not paralyzed." I said, "Then what did you break?" <laughs> he said, "I didn't break anything." I said, "I heard it." <laughs> he said, "I didn't break any bones." Listen, this is this preaching. He said, "What you heard is you had some bones out of place." See, some of you, you're not broken. You're out of place. Because you got offended. You got disappointed. You got hurt. Own it. Just don't. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't sit there and nobody knows if it's you. If you're like a woman, clean your own house. Come on. You're out of place. And when you get out of place, what happens is spiritual arthritis happens. Because arthritis is when you lose that whole oil between the joints. And then your bone begins to rub bone. Because some of you have said this before. She just rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> she comes in here and sings that song. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. What if she sings that song? She's not singing it to you. Right. Amen. Close your eyes and worship. Better live now. Come on. Come on. You need to get back in your place. That's right. Because when you get out of place, you lose your joy. Yes. You lose that oil. So he said, we're not done, Ezekiel. You've done a good job. you got the body back. But now it's time to prophesy to the wind. Because when you get structure, now they get contained. Because before you prophesy to the wind, it's just a move of the Holy Spirit. It'd be like putting an oxygen mask on a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> you come to church and you felt good, but you couldn't contain it. And Jeremiah said, My people have committed two evils. For they have forsaken me, the river, the fountain of living water, and made for themselves cisterns, rain barrels, with holes in it. They cannot contain it. Something happened, and I don't know what happened. We all got to take some responsibility. But somewhere along the line, we got away from thinking we needed the Holy Spirit in our churches. It's Pentecostal churches. Come on. It used to be, and I came, come on, in time the churches were still Pentecostal, and, and I'm not, come on, attacking. But it used to be you couldn't even hold a position in the church unless you were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke another time. The Holy Ghost was a requirement because we needed you needed power. It's like, here's a gift, but battery's not included. <laughs> it's no good if you don't have the power. That's right. It's like having a chainsaw. If you ain't got the gas, come on, here's out there with a heavy skull. Come on, and we need the Holy Ghost. If we didn't, then Jesus wouldn't have sent him back to be endured with power. So somehow we begin to say, we got it now, Jesus. You, I mean, Holy Ghost, you ride shotgun. You have to have the Holy Ghost. That's right. It doesn't make you any more saved, but you need the power. Because if not, you're plugging into the church like an extension cord, but if the extension cord's not plugged into the wall, we're all still dead. you 
Because you get a word just like it's out of a candy machine. Come on, I'm really meddling now. And church becomes like, oh, give me a word, give me a word, give me a word. You need to be careful. That is the Lord speaking. That is not a gimmick. It's not a Las Vegas sideshow. Come on, it is thus saith the Lord. And when God speaks to you, he expects something back out of what he speaks. And he will come one day and require you, did I not say? So everything's good until the rain is withheld. That's right. What are you going to do when that person you're dependent on goes through a dry period because everybody, even that person that you want to be, they will go through a dry period and then you're not connected to the Holy Ghost because even when you're going through the valley, you will still have a river. You will resent that person because they're not poured into you. They never were your source. And God said, I call it evil. When you depend more on a person or your YouTube prophet, which is really a prophet, but he said, they're not your go-to. Jesus. Good. Because when you quote more what prophet so and so said on YouTube mm-hmm. than what you read in the Word, uh-huh. you're out of balance. Come on. Yes. Come on. Because then you go for depression because so and so said this was going to happen and it didn't happen. So I just guess God doesn't speak. Yeah. You need to be careful. Yes. Because that man or woman of God is human. That's right. And your eyes should have been on the Lord. That's right. That's good. So he said, I prophesied to the north, south, east, and west. And suddenly again, as I prophesied. Glory to God. And breath and life came into the, y'all come on, came into them. And it said they rose up in a mighty, mighty army. And then I like what the Lord told Ezekiel. He said, oh, by the way, Ezekiel, you never asked me who these people were. You never asked me their race. You never inquired their gender. You just obeyed me. Ezekiel, it might surprise you, but it probably did because you know who I called you to. This is the whole W-H-O-L-E house of Israel. Glory. Yes. That was slain. You know what slain means? They used to be mighty. They used to be strong. And they might have become so familiar with the things of God that their attitude won't ever happen to us. Not us. We got money in the bank. We got all this back in the stuff. We're brick and mortar, not what's going to save you. Education ain't going to save Jesus. Because in the last days, the disciples asked Jesus, How will we know you're coming back? He said, The first sign is don't be deceived. See, in these last days, you better know the voice of God. That's right. Because he said many will be deceived. He said there's going to be a great falling away because a lot of people that you would never fault would have done it are going to get their feelings hurt. Come on. People that you would never think are going to lay down their hearts. And when you get offended, you don't carry the ark anymore. Because you can't carry the ark and carry the fence. People become competitive. You would think there'd be that minister would speak to minister and iron with sharpen iron. But it's dog eat dog. I hate to say that. Jealousy over who gets close to a pastor. It's the little thought system's fault. After God brought you out of the heart, after God put breath in your body, you know 
be me, but you and I know the things that are that God will never expose the things that God has delivered you from, the things you cried, the things that you wanted to kill yourself, but you didn't have the guts to come up and God saved you, and here you are never morning. That you said, I can't find a church that would take me as I am, and God brought you to a church that had problems with the building, but we got electricity. Yeah. That's right. We got AC. Yeah. You got clothes on you. Yes. They didn't charge you to come in the door. Right. They came in here today and they have given you and God the best. Yes. So if you leave here today, it's your choice. See, God will open the prison door. But he's not going to do anything for you that you can do for yourself. He said, I will open the door, but you've got to walk out. There's things you've got to choose to do. And I can tell you right now, it's not going to be easy. So if you're waiting on an easy road, it's not going to be easy. Because David said, I won't offer anything to my God. It's a cost me he said, you know who these bombs were in the whole house of Israel? Because they stopped worshiping. And they began to say, our hope is gone. They begin to whine and complain. They say, our best days are over. It's all gone. The good old days. See, faith is the substance that things hope for. So what the enemy's trying to do is if you lose your hope, you lose your vision. That's right. Because with no hope, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Yes. So if you lose your hope, you don't need faith. That's right. Because when you have hope, you feed your faith with the word and preaching. But when you lose your hope, you don't need faith. So when you lose your faith, you have no desire to hear the word. So guess what? You get bitter. You begin to drive. And it will happen overnight. Your marriage doesn't just go overnight. Nobody in their right mind got it this morning and said, you know what? I'm going to be a drug addict. Well, I'm gonna be an alcoholic. Well, good for you. They begin to self-medicate. Because there's a hurt. There's a pain. You talk to anybody in juvenile detention, it usually starts at the age of 13. Something traumatic happened. They begin to self-medicate. here tell you it's going to take more and more and more of that and it's not going to heal you. It's going to destroy you. Because the devil comes to steal and it's going to destroy your health, you, your family, your relationships. And then it's going to make you feel like you're a failure. You're going to be on the street. It's going to take your hope that you can never get any better. But I'm here to tell you it's a lie. I'm here to tell you oh, you try Hear the word of the Lord. I don't care how dry you feel. I don't care how old you hear the trials. Come on. They may be putting you in a grave today, but you get about that grave. Come on. We ain't putting dirt on you. We're not putting I don't care. And the dirt of us. Come on. I don't care how much they talk about you. They don't talk. It's just words. You get about that grave. God ain't done with you. If God was done with you, he wouldn't have had you come listen to this sermon. Amen. He loves you. Yes, he does. You say I messed up. Well, do you want to go? Oh, the yanda la la bo sote the yanda. Ito la la bo ko. Oh la 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 bo shike la 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 bo sote the yala la la bo shike. Jesus. But verily I say to you. 
sitting out like the man in the pool of Siloam, waiting for someone to come to pick you up, mm. to bring you and put you in the water. Mm. For I have come today. Do not, do not you know that I am the water? Do not wait for an angel to come to stir them. I am the God that healeth thee. And today I say unto thee, pick up thy bed, walk, leave here today free, made whole. For I have come today, today, today is Resurrection Sunday. Today is the day that you will come up. Today I have come to deliver you and make you whole. She always had a garden, and I go down there at Mother's Day for Green Beans would come in. 